Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Bing, bing, bong, bing, bong. It's suggestible time. Certainly is. It's the only time of the week when it is suggestible time, <laughs> unless you listen to multiple episodes, in which case that's great. Good for you. It's suggestible, the podcast where we recommend you things to watch, read, and listen to. My name is Claire Donty. James Clement is here also. We are married and we recommend you things like, for example, my show that was over on the weekend, over how can you rec- how can you recommend something that's already been and gone? Well, uh, the, I'm just letting people know that I would have recommended it last week, and sucks for you if you didn't come because it was awesome. It was pretty good. <laughs> Listen, I've never had a standing ovation to my knowledge. Have I? Probably not. I don't know. Maybe every week people stand up after my podcast and they go, "He's done it again." <laughs> just James, not Mason. Done it again. How does he do it? I don't know. Who knows? How I don't do know how I do, do it? it. It's hard to tell. But yeah, it went really. Really well. And so many people came out and people who listen to this show and people who listen to my show who I really appreciate as well because, mm. let's be honest, maybe matrescence um, might not specifically be for you, but it would really meant a lot coming out and, I, and like, people seem to get a lot oh. out of it. But they're not the only people who came, obviously. No, yeah. and thank you so much to my Thursday therapy girls as well who I forgot to mention at the end of the show because I got really overwhelmed Disgraceful. and left my thank you notes in the, drain, in the green room. And so... I wanted to just say a special shout out to them because they're bloody awesome and saw me through so many of those early motherhood days. Mm -hmm. I have to say that I'm so grateful to you because I would never have been able to do that show and write without my wicked guitar solo I did in the middle of it. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. That's it. No, just without all of the things. Because people ask me today, how did I do it? How did you manage to do it? I said, Claire, how are you so brilliant? What's the secret? To tapping into that creative spirit. <laughs> what did you say to them? I said my wonderful, very gorgeous husband, James. What was the real reason? Said. It's probably a different thing, but sure. <laughs> also, no, I don't know because I loved it. It's the first thing I've ever really, really, really thrown myself into and put everything at it. And and I just, yeah, I just feel super grateful for everyone that was there. And also it's not lost to me as well how how important it is to honour that transition of motherhood that we call matrescence and that it deserves to have not just one album but thousands of albums and books and poems and art made about it because yeah. it is just a greater love story and a transition as any that happens to a human being. And I was reminded again of the depth of complexity and joy and also trauma and difficulty that women experienced through that transition and I was really honoured by some of the stories that were shared with me afterwards about the shame that can happen around breastfeeding, about um, the fragility of those emotions around those really early days of motherhood and how discombobulating it is and I know you saw me through so many of that, so much of that time. So also how weird was it to sing, I sang Dancing Till Three and I realised I wrote it about us but I never actually sung it. With you in the room. Not, well, I'd heard it, but you hadn't sung it directly to no. me in room full of like 200 people. Yeah, no. exactly. So it was just really special and I was really like I hadn't forgotten that that was going to happen. And then you got teary and I got teary and it was a whole thing. 
Anyway, thank you to everyone that came. If you would like to listen the albums out on Spotify, you can also head to my website and there are vinyls and T-shirts and a few things if you'd like to support the show. And thank you to every single person that came. And thank you also to a wonderful listener, David, who came and then did a cover of Pints, one of my songs. Yeah. On Instagram. And he's got such a beautiful voice. Better voice than you? Yeah, well, maybe. Mm. Yeah, it's definitely an awesome Let's say different. Different. But better, yeah. Correct. Anyway. Enough of that, me going on and on about this thing that I've done that James has had to listen to Well, you've to got more things coming forever. up so people could keep their ears and eyes peeled. I do, I yeah. do, I do. I have a show on Events the 9th of March. Right, lots of yeah. things. But, yeah, the next one will be a very low-key little pub gig at the Luli Tavern on the 9th of March. So, And it's free? It's a free entry one, yeah. So oh. you can come. I think they have like $1 chicken wings or something. Oh, my God. Wait, is have- that $1 a wing or is it $1 a basket? <laughs> That is such a, I reckon it must be $1 a wing. Wouldn't you think? You'd think so, yeah. You'd think so. So is maybe that that's actually not that is cheap. Is that good value? <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's hard to tell. Because you could get the old bachelor's handbag, the roast chicken from Coles. Is that what it's called? For like three bucks and eat it at home over the sink. The bachelor's handbag. <laughs> yeah, bachelor's handbag. That's a perfect name for that. It is. Mason told me that. He didn't come up with it. I'm pretty confident. No, but that's because he's a Unless bachelor. He that's true. And he Correct. loves a bachelor's handbag. He does. He loves all kinds or maybe of he's fried not. foods. Maybe he's dating all sorts of famous people. Maybe he is and we just never it's a know. Our son asked him that the other day. He's like, Mason, what's your secrets? <laughs> tell me your secrets. <laughs> tell them to me. I told him next time to ask him to pull a knife on him and mm, he'll have to plan. tell you the secrets. Correct. All right, here's my first recommendation. Off he flies. Uh, it's called Kunk on Earth. Now, this character of Philomena Kunk, uh, who's played by Diane Morgan, <laughs> was created by Charlie Brooker, who you might know was one of the minds, the key minds behind Black Mirror. Mm. You know, on Black Mirror, they're always like, my phone's got, got, a, got a person in it or whatever, you know? <laughs> You've seen that episode. So, it's, so this was a character that used to appear on Charlie Brooker's Wipe series. He used to do like recap series of like particular events all the year. He'd be like, here's the year that just happened and here's all the terrible things that occurred. Uh, I think you've seen bits and pieces of them before. I think they're they're amazing. Anyway, so here's the synopsis. Philomena Kunk, who's played by Diane Morgan, travels the world, interviews real-world experts. Uh, so it's about everything. It's about how the, you know, the world was created and the universes, the pyramids were built, all of these different things. And she's just this absolutely fucking absurd person, like, in the real world. Despite her, like, saying some of the silliest stuff and funniest stuff that you, could, you would ever hear, it's really quite informative like Mm. despite that kind of you know those two things kind of playing against each other and it's so obviously wrong when it when she is joking or you know a nonsense kind of thing happens that it's not gonna it's not gonna teach you something incorrect you know you you (laughs) you're not gonna come out of it and like and parrot some information that's clearly not you know true if that makes sense unless you're unless you're a massive massive idiot i just want to um i'm going to show you the introduction because i feel i'm gonna people can hear it uh, this is the introduction to it on Netflix. I'm just going to show you just now, Claire, to see if this is your vibe, all right? All right. Listen up. Thank you, Collins. Here's the thing. I won't play much of it. Okay. You can hear that? This is the Kunk Show. Yep. Here we go. This is our planet, planet Earth. Love this It's one. a planet I'm literally on right now. And unless you're watching this on a long-haul flight or while falling off a building, chances are you are too. This is the incredible story of how humankind transformed our world from being a lot of pointless nature like this to full of modern things like this. 
using nothing more than its hands and its imagination and also tools and electricity and the internet. It's a journey that'll take me to every corner of the globe money and pandemic travel restrictions would allow. Getting up close to some of our species' most stunning achievements. And I'll be asking questions. Who are you? To leading academics, <laughs> clever notes and expertists who will help me unlock the mystery of human civilization. Why do they say it's a mystery how the pyramids were built when it's obviously just big bricks in a triangle? <laughs> this is not just that. the story of the world we live on. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was incredible. Um, I'm still, actually, I haven't even finished it. It's five episodes, but she's so funny. And it's just the, the way that she, like, talks to experts and they just kind of go along with her. There's, there's one point where she's talking to that woman about the pyramids and she's like, I can't even remember the specifics of it, but she basically asks whether they start the pyramids from the bottom or the top. <laughs> and they just But kind of, really, now I'm just thinking, do they, though? Like, how did How they... would you start from the top? What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, good point. <laughs> I thought maybe they'd start with tiny bricks and then they'd like slot a little bit. Like go up from like a make a pillar in yeah, the middle. Yeah, so they start with the smallest brick and then put a little littlest brick under and then another. But that's bigger, starting bigger, from bigger, the bigger, bottom bigger, still, bigger, isn't bigger. it? No, but you're starting from the top brick. No. No, <laughs> no that's no? wrong. That's wrong. Um, anyway, I cannot stress like how funny and quick Diane Morgan is because a lot of the time obviously, like a lot of this is written. It's got like eight writers on yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, but – when she's in the moment, like in the interviews, you know, you see that, and there's also no doubt clever editing. Yeah, you can see yeah. how like the way that she reacts to people, completely unfazed, just like someone will say something to her and she'll just say like the dumbest thing or that like, or it's something that's really like pointed and mean, but not like, in, like seemingly not intentionally. It's, yeah. it's, it's that fine line of like, you'd have to be super intelligent to say something that stupid. Does that and that funny? Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes a lot yeah, of sense. Yeah, it's, it's kind of hard. It's just a really great balance. Yeah, um, she's always brilliant. Yeah, I she's love great. her. Uh, yeah, it's also got some like beautiful cinematography. Like it's it's shot like a it is shot like Earth a big blockbuster David Attenborough style, yeah, it totally and also is. makes some very salient points. I would I say. I agree. Exactly. Uh, it debuted on the BBC last year, but or, 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 all oh, five episodes. Thank you. Are now on the Netflix. If you the are Netflix, the old mm. Flixie Net. Why I'll, didn't they call it Flixie Net? Because that's a bad name. Where's he? Where are you going? All the dogs are up to secret dog business. They would be usually. They're very troublesome, those dogs. Yeah. One of them woke up last night and couldn't sleep. I had to come onto my bed. Zippy, yeah. the annoying one. Yeah. And then all night, like, I'd be asleep and suddenly she'd be like, rah, 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 and I was awake again. Rah, 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 rah. That oh, hello, cheeky dog. Are. Yeah, is that her? Hello. Careful. Don't chew any cords, Zippy. All right. Um, yeah, that looks awesome. Okay, so on Netflix. On Netflix. Five episodes, Five you say? episodes. Great. Jolly Brooker, okay? do some yeah. more. Yearly wipes as well. I think you he's doing. That. I think he's doing Black Mirror again though, because oh. when when everything went bad, well, everything is bad. Yes, but he was like, I'm gonna stop making Black Mirror because it's way too close it's way to reality. Too, uh, it's depressing. Oh, but gosh. now he's making more Black Mirror. Exactly. That was like years and years, which was excellent with Emma oh, Thompson, good, but also it? way too close to reality. That's uh, Stephen Moffat. He went. He's gone back to Doctor Who. Oh, I love yeah. a Doctor Who. David Tennant's back. <gasps> I love David Tennant. Yeah. He's my favourite or two, obviously. He's everyone's favourite, right? Not everybody. Isn't he? Some people He's the most like. handsome one. <laughs> Maybe. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. 
we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. All right, James. It is, is it my turn now? So you're holding a book of some description. I am. It's a beautiful book. This one. Because it's hardcover. Is there another reason? <laughs> Just because it's hardcover, that's it. So this book is by an author called Brene Brown. I know a lot of people have talked about, wonderful. I have talked about Brene Brown a lot on this podcast. And The Gifts of Imperfection I used a lot during my album writing. Mm. It's just about letting go of perfectionism and actually how that can really hold us back. Yeah, right. Anyway, Atlas of the Heart is her new book. It came out a while ago. I wanted to recommend it. Um, I think it's a really beautiful gift as well. It's a really beautiful looking book. It is, yeah. Um, What she's done, it's called Atlas of the Heart, Mapping Meaningful Connection and the Language of Human Experience. And what I find so interesting is that she's actually taken 87 of the emotions and experiences that define what it means to be human and maps them in a framework for connection. Oh, you're telling me about this. How do you pick 87? Well, she's done a huge amount of research. Right. So she's like a sociologist, I guess would be. She's like, hmm. Hungry and writes it down. <laughs> Hungry and emotion. That is that is exactly how she I does knew it. it. I knew it. No, she goes out and studies human behaviour. Oh, um, yeah. They do surveys. They talk to experts. She does a huge amount of reading to kind of break down um, in terms of like, like psych- psychology as well what human emotions actually are. And I think what's powerful about this book is that I think we often think of emotions as just, you know, happy, sad maybe angry, confused, confused, you know, jealousy, hungry. like some of those patterns, but there's so many. Yeah. And then the shades of those then give you an idea of how to connect better to other people, yes. which I know is so far up my alley, all of this stuff, right? I mean, I know this isn't for everyone, but I bloody love emotions. I don't know a lot of things necessarily, but I know emotions. I know them. If you've like got one, in like I'm you like reckon- an emotional sniffer dog. Like you recognize them? Correct. In other people, in yourself, in... Yeah, in in myself, in other people, everywhere. And there's shades that I almost see them like colours. Yeah. I can sense them in people. And and you can feel multiple emotions about something. And I think what is interesting about this too is that she's talked about how people see researching emotions as being like a soft skill. We talk about soft skills or like soft it's research. It's not like like it's airy fairy, yeah, or fluffy it's not like or something. Accounting or looking at a science beaker. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm. You are now that it's all about the science beakers. I, I am agree. not. I feel like I was prepared in high school to use beakers a lot. I as I was first looking at beakers, I'm like, I'm never going to need this. <laughs> I'm never going to look at a beaker. Yeah, and I can safely say. They do not play a big role in my life. I'm sure there are people out there that they play a very big role for. That's true, like the Muppet Beaker. This is correct, exactly. Or possibly my brother who studies rocks in Norway. Whatever. Anyway, but going back to emotions, what I think is really interesting is then being able to unpack um, in context and actually articulating them is really difficult. And people who study a lot of other fields in science actually having to articulate your emotions can be actually some of the most difficult things you can ever do. But they, in the end, actually lead to, as Brene talks about, 
more meaningful connection and a happier, more contented life once you can articulate them. As That makes Harley, total sense when yeah. you know like what's happening to you or yeah. others and you can communicate that or at the very least understand it. Yeah, yeah exactly. And understand otherwise you're just like, why am I? It's like when you see kids and they're angry and they don't know why they're angry. They're probably hungry. But like, uh, it, but you know. Yeah. It's really important to be able to pinpoint that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because otherwise you then end up like bursting out at someone, which you can see adult people doing all the oh, time. Oh, totally. Yeah, it's and not just having kids, like yeah. unconscious behaviors. Yes. And not understanding the root cause, mm. which is, I think, really interesting. So, for example, she's broken them into chapters. And this one is places we go when we fall short. Okay. So, when we feel like we're not doing as well as we should be, yeah. we feel emotions like shame, self compassion, perfectionism, guilt, humiliation, Karate. and embarrassment. Oh. Anyway, so all of those things. So she kind of breaks it down for you. And I think another really interesting one she talks about is something called comparative suffering, which is, is I think, really interesting. So let me give you a little read. So empathy is not finite and compassion is not a pizza with eight slices. When you practice empathy and compassion with someone, there is not less of these qualities to go around. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. It's not finite. Yeah. So there's actually more. Love is the last thing we need to ration in this world, but fear and scarcity trigger comparison and even pain and hurt are not immune to being assessed and ranked. Hmm. Because COVID unleashed such massive fear and anxiety, we saw comparative suffering everywhere. For example, my husband died and that grief is worse than your grief over missing your daughter's wedding. I'm not allowed to talk about how disappointed I am about my job changing because my friend just found out that his wife has COVID. Yeah. Yeah. You're worried about your teenager becoming disconnected and isolated during quarantine when thousands of people in India are dying. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's those two things. I know that's something that you often talk about whenever you're like, this thing happened and it's bad, but then you're like, but I also know that I have a nice life. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, but you're allowed to be sad. Yeah, exactly. And about a thing. Yeah, it's, all comp- it's all relative yeah, as well. Yeah, because we're just comparing our suffering rather than just understanding that Our suffering is our suffering. So as Brene says, what we fail to understand is that the family in India doesn't benefit more if you conserve your concern only for them and withhold it from your child who is also suffering. Right, okay. So, yes, perspective is critical, but I'm a firm believer that sharing how we feel, even complaining, is okay as long as we piss and moan with a little perspective. (laughs) Hurt is hurt, and every time we honour our own struggle and the struggles of others by responding with empathy and compassion – the healing that results affects all of us. Mm. Mm. So really, I can't. I just love that because I think we are all conscious, as you said, of that all the time. Yeah, that people always have it worse off, and actually, yeah, I mean, it's true because it is true. everybody. You could say that for literally every person. And, and on when Earth, you think yeah. about what's happening um, in Syria and Turkey, in like so many places in the world, that's absolutely true. But just you feeling kind of guilty for feeling bad about your own pain doesn't make anything better for anyone else. Or you. Or you, exactly. So moving through with more empathy and compassion for everyone all around, whatever situation you're in, I just love. So that's one pearl of wisdom. There's bloody thousands of them in this book. Um, But that would also mean that like there is one person on the planet who was the most miserable and downtrodden. (laughs) Like if you if it was ranked, you know what I mean? Yeah, There's always yeah. somebody less well off. Totally. There is somebody who's like the least well off. Wowza. Mm. Big call. Yeah. Yeah, this is true. And the reverse, reverse is true. Yeah, it's probably Elon Musk. Yeah. Guy's got it rough. <laughs> you know? Okay. 
exactly. Do you know what's interesting about that too, though? Because it's all so complex, all this stuff, isn't it? Mm. Because you can have not a lot but be much happier or more content yeah. because well, of your outlook thing. on life than someone who says Elon Musk, who I think secretly seems miserable. I don't think it's a secret, but uh, <laughs> I, um, yeah, totally. I think also like money like helps a lot and alleviates a lot of yes, problems. I totally but it agree does also that. hit a point where there's you don't get happier. Like you, you, you acquire more and it doesn't make you happier. Like it's diminishing returns until it's just like, well, I've got so much and I can do literally anything, but it's like, mm. you know, but I'm not happy. What's wrong? Yeah. I don't know. And as Brene, was, as Brene would say, it's the quality of our relationships that end up determining ha- our happiness really and our yeah. contentedness and the way we enjoy our life often. It's true. A lot and, of it is to do with And whether you can the, do a flip. Because that's rad. That's rad as well. And just more empathy and compassion. Yeah. So I think that is like empathy and compassion to ourselves, empathy and compassion to other people. It's not a finite thing. I love no. that. It's not like, oh, if I feel some empathy for you, I can't feel empathy for you. No. You can feel empathy for empathy. You can do a big empathy. Word today. Big empathy. You can do a big empathy. You can. Anyway, this book is called Atlas of the Heart um, by Brene Brown and it is stunning and you can jump in and out of it. It's yeah. like almost like a textbook for emotions. So if you're going through something in particular. I'm not the gone. Or, or you have a child that is. No, nah, not me. Um, you know, like she talks about hope, hopelessness and despair mm. and and what they actually mean and how we can identify. That. Like just it's amazing and really helpful. So um, it gives language around things that we might not even really understand ourselves. And I love it. So, yes. Yes. Excellent. Cool. I've got a bit of a recommendation here, Claire. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's in relation uh, to this thing that I'm bringing up now. It's it's in front of me, I mean. It's called Seven Days in Hell and it's directed by Jake Sosmanski and written by Murray Miller and it stars mm. Andy Samberg who, as you might know, he's from Lonely Island and he's also uh, in Brooklyn Line 99. He's like the main cop in that. He's like, well, I love Die Hard or whatever. And also stars Kit Harrington, who you might know as Jonathan Ooh, uh, Snow. John Snow. It also features. Th- that guy. No, do you? Yeah, he's. Cool. Unexpectedly short, but I do love him. That's nothing wrong with that, Claire. That's oh, I normal love a short to be unexpectedly man. short. Uh, <laughs> Serena, it also stars uh, features Serena Williams, John McEnroe, Will Forte, David Copperfield. That's right. Mm, the author. Oh, David no, Copperfield, the, the, the musician. The, the, the ma- <laughs> magician. Magician. <laughs> what can I talk tonight? So here's, magician. here's the synopsis. Tennis champions Aaron Williams, Andy Samberg, and Charles Poole, Kit Harrington, have an epic tennis match that lasts for seven days. So it's a mockumentary starring these two guys about this tennis match that keeps, like, getting delayed or also, like, they keep getting to match point and then it goes back and it goes for seven days, right? It happened in, like, the early 2000s, apparently. So one's, like, this burnout kind of wild card, which is the Andy Samberg character, and the other one is, like, this dull British golden boy uh, who's kind of, like pompous and stupid and it's just this absurdist and fictional Wimbledon match that it's just it's very silly and a little bit rude and and very funny and it lampoons like various sporting documentaries and tennis tropes and you know and and British and tennis traditions and all of these kinds of things uh but it's a lot of fun it's from like 2015 and I'd been meaning to watch it for a while a friend of mine Joe mentioned it like ages ago I was like you should watch this thing and then we're on holiday uh, early in this year, I don't know if you remember, I was watching it and I'm like, this is quite good. The other thing about it is it's like 45 minutes long. So it's, 
You don't have to commit like a whole bunch of time to it. But it's fun. If you I'm, like I'm tennis, or not even, like I'm not a big tennis fan. Like I like it enough. Mm. But uh, I thought I found it was it was really fun and, and silly and funny and stupid and uh, a little bit of drug use as well. But it's it's just pretend. Well, I know all about that apparently. That's true. Apparently that's me. I know That's things. you big time. <laughs> Uh, but what have you got to recommend or is that the last recommend? No, no, I've got one last thing to recommend. It's really special actually. So, okay, so one of the women in our community, Kim Beale, is a women's physio Mm -hmm. and she's worked with a lot of the women in our community. Um, I worked with her back when our son was born and then I also in preparation for my daughter's birth and after her birth as well. Um, So Kim sees women in all kinds of different stages of pregnancy, post-pregnancy, and she deals with incontinence and all kinds of issues that affect women Um, but she sees women in really vulnerable situations and I interviewed her for Tons and I had a lot of feedback about that episode. I asked her to read out a blog that she wrote a long time ago when she was first a new mum. Okay. Um, yeah. That I and I read. She read it on the show, and it was so moving. Anyway, we caught up um, for coffee, and she was sharing with me that she had more pieces that she'd written years ago oh, about cool. her journey through motherhood, and one in particular really spoke to her that had a similar content to the song "This Mother Thing" that yeah. I wrote. Anyway, so she sent it to me, and then I just sat at the kitchen table, bawling my eyes out at this beautiful poem. Mm. And so I'm going to read a poem, James. Can you handle oh, it? Oh, my God. I knew this was coming. Can you Look, I know it? Kim. I've met her, so I'm going to, I'm going to let this one slide. All right? right. Thank goodness. Okay. So this one is called When Did She Become Apart From Me? A Mother's mm. Ode. And warning, this is it's, – it's, um, it's beautiful. But oh, it's warning, very, it's beautiful. Okay. I just mean nice there's some real, some lots of emotions. So maybe if you're at work or something, maybe save this. <laughs> anyway, here we go. She came from my being. Started as a seed, always there, never apart. Her number was chosen, she won and thrived. My bread was her bread, my lungs her air. She was me, there was no divide. My rhythm was her lullaby. We became an alien, a two-headed strong willed force of nature. She came with a purpose, perfect from the start. She breathed her own oxygen and her blood pumped red. I didn't think twice when they cut her physical bond to me. It didn't even bleed a tear. We smiled. Why didn't I mourn that more? She did not recognise herself, rather knew herself only in relation to me. Without my body, my scent, my sounds, she was lost. My milk sustained and nourished her. She grew fat on it. She was physically completely a product of my body. I was her world. It came with responsibilities, some of which were terrifically physically, emotionally challenging, others that were utter gluttony in their delight, and all she wanted was me. We were so wrapped in each other. We may as well have been one and the same, and we were. She took food from a spoon and I mourned a little loss. Gone was the monopoly I had on her creation. She carried on the job of children to grow and learn and become become a personality, an individual, an identity, a person. She found her voice, a beautiful husky utterance that I recognised as my own. We watched her stumble out her first steps and babble out her first words. Steps became skips and words became songs. She was blooming and so was our love. And all this time she had been observing, drinking in language, 
gestures, concepts, lapping up information and gathering opinions. Lots of them mine, but then, a word I do not say or a gesture that is foreign. There is a dart of panic, a loss of control, an extension of the cord. Now she is at school. Now the tables have turned. I am here for food, for clothes, for transport, for sleep. But there are many hours and many teachers and many friends shaping my baby. This walking, talking, running, jumping, skipping, thinking, writing, reading baby of my body. Then there are moments before dawn, a little tiptoe down the hall. There is a soft little voice and hand and she is curled in my body once again. Later, she will make her breakfast, dress herself and run with friends. But in this moment, rarer by the day, she has come home to rest. She is beautiful and she is mine. But when did she become apart from me? I will never know and I will not hold her back. Though she may travel far and wide, she is my baby of my body and always she will be. Jesus, Claire. How old is her kid? She's a teenager now. Oh, my God. Ugh, I get really emotional. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was really well written, though. That's actually really incredible. I know. It's a really beautiful poem. So yeah. um, I'll put a link to it below um, in the show notes. But it's by Kim Veal and it's from her blog. And I'll just read the title out again. When did she become apart from me, a mother's ode? Mm. So Kim wrote that back in 2016. It's really nice. Yeah, and I, I think she captures really well and in some ways that I hadn't read about just that entity of a baby being completely part of you. Yeah. And then that slow kind of grief of them moving further and further away from you. Yeah. Yeah. Bloody anyway, hell. it's a lot. Parenting is a lot. Anyway. <laughs> but you need to get over it. That's what I think. It's just I think that the thing that I find so tricky is that they're so beautiful and funny and great and gorgeous and they also also drive you crazy and mm. it's all it's hard and the slog. Yeah. So it's just this constant. Sometimes they're pull. eating dinner with you, the dinner that you made, and they're just slowly, subtly feeding the food to their dog. Yeah, exactly. Dog, I should exactly. say specifically. Which was our daughter tonight. Yeah. Anyway, thank you so much. So that was the end of the show, I guess. I wish it was the end of the show, Claire. If only. If only. Uh, you can actually review the show. And after I this, see. I've only got two reviews left. So if you've got any reviews to shoot please, the show. Reviews. Please, we'd love to hear it. This please. is from Derp480 who says, the 78th best podcast. I am a comic book fan and for a while I was only watching comic book movies. This podcast, the 78th best one, has opened my eyes to lots of other genres and types of films. So for that I say, thank you for being the 78th best podcast. And that, that's good. <laughs> 78th in the world. That's incredible. You know, me pod, you know me podcasts there are, Claire? There's so a few. Many. That's not too bad. There's at least 120. Look at so us that's, go. It's looking good for us. It is looking good. All right. Well, also, if you want to write us in and tell us that we're your favourite 78th podcast, I do. you can. It's justforpod at gmail.com. Just like Tanner Moore has, Tanner. Tanner We've heard from you a few times. Claire. What? Tanner Moore. Congrats on doing a song. I really enjoyed the two singles, but haven't had time to listen to the album yet. That's okay. So I'm very much looking forward to it. Thanks, Tanner. No pressure. And just remember, if you don't like a song, just skip it. That's true. You can do that. No, please, listen to the whole thing. No, skip <laughs> Anyways, it. Anyways, on to the important things. Previously, it has been established that time is relevant or whatever. 
So being that your performance was last week, I assume you have been doing nothing but reading the fantastic book that I recommended in October or November, Project Hail Mary. Well, can't well, well. Wait. Chickens have come home to roost. Can't wait to hear your Bacock. review. I just stepped on a dog. What? Is just, it ours? She's under, our t- under my chair. Can't wait to hear your review this week because obviously you've read it now that your songs and such are over. Mm-hmm. Have a great week and truly congrats on your music, Claire. You are amazing. P.S. Also, just for clarification, I don't think you would have read it yet, but this is more of a reminder of your previous promise, PBS. So James is cool and good at things too. My understanding is that uh, you did set like a four-year like limit on that as well, didn't you? You picked Project a specific Mary. date. That I did. It is, it is sitting on my Kindle. So, you know, mm-hmm. I've read the first weird page where the person wakes up in the alien room or something. I've read a bit. There's some weird penis issue, like a tube. In there. That, I don't know. I think that was something I was saying to you. But listen, that's no, neither here nor there. No, there is a penis thing. Yes, that's Thank right. Thank you. Okay, great. Excellent. So that's been the show. Thank you as always wow. to Rob Collins for editing this week's episode. How does he do it? He's a wonder I kid. think he uses a computer. He told me that he doesn't, but I suspect that he does. I suspect too. Mm. I suspect he is a computer. A what? I didn't know yeah, that. his brain that's is a whole, very Well, if impressive. he is a computer, then he wouldn't be using a computer because if he is a computer? Oh, this is so I'm thirsty. But I'm waiting because I have to see Ant-Man and I'm going to see it tonight. But I'm like, if I drink a bunch of water, then I'm going to be an Ant-Man. Is this why you're being grumpy? Because you love drinking heaps of water and you haven't had much water. I'm dehydrated. Maybe that's why. That's why you're so grumpy. What's the runtime on this? Ant-Man, the Quasconomania. You're really not going to drink anything. It's so hot today. It's so hot. Oh, it's only two hours and five minutes. I could be dehydrated for that long. Can you? I don't think you can. I do need to drink really badly. Yeah, is that why you're so grouchy? Yeah, that's why, Claire. I'm always <laughs> like this. I think if people listen to this, they're like, no, he's the same. He's the same as per usual. Same grouch as usual. Yeah. All right, that's it from us. Thank you, as always, to Raw Callings and everyone for listening. We'll see you on the flip side. Yeah, I probably, yep. Probs. 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 No probs. No probs. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.